Dear Cheap Astronomy, what can we do with Lunar Regolith? Lunar Regolith is readily available for use by space explorers, but just being available doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be useful. Nonetheless, over the many years since Apollo, there have been some interesting suggestions about what to do with it, and now that we are in the Artemis era, this seems a good time to blow the moon dust off some of those suggestions. And speaking of blowing off moon dust, once we start building lunar bases, just landing wherever you like becomes a problem, since retro rocket fire will blow regolith around in large volumes and at high speed and over long distances since there's no atmosphere to slow it down. This wasn't an issue for Neil and Buzz, but once you have buildings and infrastructure nearby, they won't last long if they're constantly blasted by regolith, which is akin to fine and sharp pieces of glass. We can mostly avoid this problem by building landing pads made of fused regolith. Proposed building methods range from adding a binding agent to your rocket exhaust, so you literally create the landing pad as you land, or you could have robots prepare a landing pad beforehand by sweeping out a flat plane of regolith and then using microwaves to bake it into a solid surface. Or if those options sound a bit radical, you could just lay down a landing pad using regolith-derived pavers. It's widely anticipated that future lunar bases will be built with regolith pavers and regolith bricks, as well as regolith mortar and concrete. It's also sometimes said that such bases will be built from the blood, sweat and tears of astronauts. Literally. Blood albumin is apparently a good binding agent, where animal blood was commonly used in early cements on Earth. Also, urea from sweat and tears, and also another salty fluid, yep, urine, can apparently enhance the tensile strength of regolith-based concrete. Mind you, there are at least an equal number of proposed chemical pathways to regolith masonry that don't involve human excretions. What is common to all such procedures is the need for lots of water, a good deal more than could be derived from astronauts, so the use of in-situ water ice already on the moon would be required. Something that could cut Earth-Moon transport costs significantly is regolith-based heat shields which would be carefully shaped blocks of regolith masonry. If the moon does become a base for asteroid mining and refining, you could send and soft land a range of products back on Earth using robotic craft that have regolith heat shields. This would save millions, if not billions, since you wouldn't have to launch those heat shields from Earth. Plus, they would achieve the usual role of heat shields where Earth's atmosphere is used to aerobrake returning spacecraft rather than wasting fuel on retro rocket burns. And lastly, there are various products we can extract from regolith. Its most abundant element is oxygen, around 40% by mass, another 20% is silicon, then there's around 5% each of iron, aluminium, calcium and magnesium, followed by a range of trace elements, 
at less than 1% each. These trace elements include titanium and also the isotope helium-3, which has a much touted, though completely hypothetical role in yet-to-be-invented nuclear fusion generators. But it also has a genuine role in medicine, where it's currently used in some magnetic resonance imaging scanning procedures. Extracting any of these products from raw regolith requires some sophisticated infrastructure where furnace level heating and steam injection under high pressure seem to be common processing requirements. It's important to remember that whatever may have been achieved in a laboratory on Earth would need to be scaled up to factory level production to produce meaningful amounts of the various desired products. And once again, you'd need a lot of water to make it all happen. Whether doing any of this makes economic sense largely depends upon how and why we want to have a sustained presence on the moon. If it's just going to involve a few small bases for scientific research, then a few bricks and pavers might suffice. But if the moon is to become a major hub for solar system resource exploitation and colonization, then all the other stuff would be worth doing as well. And so, as we like to say here at Cheap Astronomy, it's best just to watch this space.